Here's what's coming up on today's show. It's easy to make a list of what we're going to tire from. I don't want to get up at 530 in the morning. I don't want to have to be at work and sit in traffic. You know, I don't have to work till five. I don't want to sit in traffic on the way home. But the two part is what are you going to fill that 2,500 hours per year with? Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Hey, welcome to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. I'm Walter Storholt alongside the great Scott Dugan, co-founder, managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group with more than 21 years of experience helping people get to and all the way through retirement with great financial plans. Scott, good to be with you this week. What's going on in your world, my friend? Well, the uh, the heat has seemed to have broken here in the nice. Midwest. I think we may get a little more next week, but it's uh, to be expected. Yeah. You know, but we'll put a little timestamp on this. It's August and it should be normally hot. Uh, so, yeah, it's good for to get out of that. And I'm looking forward to the fall for sure. Football season back, our favorite time of year, right? Just absolutely all the good stuff on the agenda. Well, very, very good news there. Uh, before you know it, we'll be complaining about the cold. So we'll enjoy this while we can, Scott. Absolutely. Uh, on today's show, we're going to dive into a retirement, of course, will be our main topic today. And uh, we gave it a clever title of Ready or Not, Here It Comes. If you are nearing retirement age, this is the episode for you because we're going to explore kind of what that pivotal question looks like, uh, you know, some of the most important ones that you're going to face. Should you retire, you know, that retirement date, it's on the horizon, or should you continue working? Do you, do you stretch it an extra couple of months or a year? Do you partially retire? All the different things that come along with that conversation of addressing both the financial and emotional aspects of fully pulling that trigger and being ready for truly retiring. So, Scott, this is really important because I imagine this is uh, kind of what brings people in to talk to you, right? Like, hey, I think I'm hitting my retirement date soon. I think I'm narrowing it down, but not sure. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. This is kind of the jump off point for a lot of plans, right? Most definitely. And for many of our listeners, you know, building the financial resources to transition from daily work to retirement later in life stands apart as a top goal. And, you know, kind of that work optional life, is really what we're, we're thinking about. Uh, but if you think about the concept of retirement, you know, it's deeply ingrained in today's culture, but it's actually a relatively new idea. And so I thought it was a little fun to do a little history, uh, retirement, and then we'll get into the topic of retirement, getting ready. And cause there's really, there's a technical or mechanical side of it and there's a psychological side of it. So we're going to dive into both of those after a little, little history lesson today. Very good. Well, yeah, take us down that uh, that line of thinking a little bit. What's the history of retirement? So if we back up and go all the way back to 1900, uh, the average global life expectancy was just 31 years old. 31 years was 31. life expectancy. That's amazing. That's crazy. Just it? a little over 100 years ago. Yeah. And so 2022, uh, for example, just in the United States, that number is 79.05 years. So we talk about some advancement, you know, going from 31 to almost 80. And that's largely due to developments in modern medicine, uh, sanitation, working condition. And so for most of human history, people had short lifespans and you were expected to work until the end. And there was simply no driving societal need for retirement as we know it today. And, you know, modern day retirement was necessitated and made possible through lengthening lifespans, expanding prosperity, 
and definitely population shifts that you know tied to the industrial revolution all right so let's talk about the early days so one of the earliest records of retirement can be traced back to the roman emperor augustus now he instituted a pension program for a select group of roman legionnaires or soldiers who served 20 years in the military uh, so in 13 bc uh, that was financed by taxes and so this early pension was an effort to ensure that these retired soldiers would not rise up against the Roman Empire. Because they were kind of paying them off. Here's, hey, you served. You're, you're pretty pretty rough guy. Hey, we're going to pay you so you don't you know topple us. And so definitely there's been other military pensions scattered throughout history. But again, that's really the genesis of it was military, Roman Empire. Hey, let's keep these people happy so they don't overthrow us and we can keep our power all right and so if we fast forward to the industrial revolution really that shifted much of the population away from small family farms and villages to industrial and urban centers around factories and large cities uh, now various technological advances redefined the means of production uh, definitely paved the way for mass produced goods and so prosperity and life expectancy grew but physically demanding jobs became harder to sustain with age. You know, if you're a farmer, you could pass that demanding task to younger family members, but such transitions were not practical in factories, workshops, and mills. And so that really looked at the idea of, hey, we, we probably need to get these folks to transition out. Now, the modern concept of retirement goes all the way back to 1889, and that was developed by the German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck. And that was really to stave off an uprising of young unemployed Marxists. And he decided to pay citizens age 70 and older to leave the workforce voluntary. So here's another, another payment to someone to get them to do what they want them to do, just, just like Augustus. So in, in that time frame, it said if we can get these folks that are 70 to retire, get them out of the workforce, that opens up obviously opportunities for these young Marxists to get them going in the economy. And so when you look at that, uh, that initiative created the idea of a set retirement age and widespread government payments to elderly individuals who elected to exit the workforce. So that's really the, the genesis uh, of our modern day retirement was back in uh, Germany. Now in the U S the private sector led the way for introducing retirement benefits and if we look back, the first employee contribution plan was established in 1880 by the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad Company. And it's really, they, they combined company contributions and employee salary deferral to generate future retirement benefits, uh, giving both of those parties a stake in the process. So the company was putting money up and the employee was deferring part of their salary for later. And so again, that's why they both had kind of skin in the game. The American Express Company established their first corporate pension in 1875. Now, over the years, pensions grew in popularity as a way for companies to reward long-tenured loyal employees while simultaneously opening space to recruit a younger workforce. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't see a a lot of those pensions around today, but they're, they're still out there. The 1920s, 84% of railroad workers were covered by a defined benefit plan. And at that time, you know, railroad pension plans were the gold standard for retirement well into the 1930s. And so that's really that the rise of the pension based society, uh, where you, you work with a big company, uh, 
you give them loyalty, they give you a paycheck. When you retire, you get the gold watch, you know, a trip to Hawaii, and then you get a paycheck for life. Well, that's all changed. And all of that's been shifted over to the employee or the retiree and things like 401ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, TSPs. That's a shift from the company setting money aside for your retirement to you having an opportunity to set money aside for your retirement. But the thing is, if you don't set money aside, well, then the company doesn't have to or is not going to. So it's really that the burden is shifted to the population. And the great thing about setting a retirement date, you've got a target to aim at. So if you're 40 and you want to retire at 65, you got 25 years to save enough money and kind of get your act together. Where the issue comes when we retire is we don't know how long that retirement's going to last. If you retire at 65, is it going to be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? Who knows? And so that's where we start getting concerned or agitated or a little nervous about, hey, are, do we have enough? Is our money going to last? Are we going to be okay? Is my spouse going to be okay if I die prematurely? Those are the questions that seep in and start to make us doubt, are we making the right decision? Can we do this? And you're correct, Walter, when that happens, uh, people are going through a transitionary period in their life. That's usually when they sign up for one of our educational classes at you know local universities. You know, a friend or family member introduces them to our company because they want someone that is uh, going to be objective and help them guide them through that process. I think and that's huge. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Scott. It, it, oh, it is, and it, and it's because it, when you're in your profession, our clients are they are experts in their profession. We have a lot of engineers, business owners, you know, just professionals that, you know, that was their sole focus. They raised kids. They did a great job of that, you know, but they don't live and breathe retirement planning. They don't live and breathe investments and all those things. So that's that, you know, period of time you get in that retirement red zone. And so we've really identified three categories of people uh, that are out looking for advice. And the first type of person, especially that comes to one of our courses, and I just taught at KU Edwards uh, campus here in Kansas City. It's in Overland Park. Uh, I said, you know, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, what you really want is confirmation. You want confirmation that what you're doing is right. You want to know, is there something I'm missing out there? And so that's the first C, is that confirmation. And I can tell you, the other thing that you need to do if you're confirming that you're on the right track, the biggest thing you probably need to do if you're the person that runs all the finances and if your spouse is not really that involved, you're going to need to find a successor just in case. Who's that co-pilot? Who's that person that steps in that you've vetted, that you've had a relationship with, that your spouse knows and is comfortable with? Who's going to step in to fill your shoes? And that's a big one, especially for the do-it-yourselfers. And over our, you know, my long career, I've had people that started relationships for that very reason. You know, we met on an annual basis and as over time, we take more and more of the role. They delegate more of those tasks the day to day. And we've got a lot of those clients that after a few years of being retired, they want it. They don't want to do it. <laughs> they want to, to delegate that over so they can go do the stuff they want. And so 
the first, again, that first one is they want confirmation. The second C or second type of person that's looking for help is that they're confused. And there's just a wealth of information. You know, we don't, we don't need more content. We don't need more access to information. It's everywhere. And you guys hear me talking about it all the time. We need to distill down all that's out there and figure out, hey, what, what's, what really applies to us? What should we be looking at? What should we be considering? What can we cast out and not have to worry about? And so those people are, you know, confused and they want clarity. And that's what working with, you know, a, a seasoned financial professional will help give you clarity on what you need to do to move forward and make sure you've got, you know, got the right path. And so that first one, again, is they want confirmation that they're doing the right thing. Second is they're confused and they want some clarity. And then there's the third one. The third type of person that comes to see us is they're concerned. They're fearful. They maybe have talked to friends or family members and they've got some gloom and doom things. Or they've had certain things that have happened in their life that have made them unsure about, you know, how to handle money or, you know, how everything, how the market works, how the economy works. So when people that are concerned or fearful what they're really looking for is someone to inject confidence, confidence in the situation, someone that's confident they've guided people through the process. They have a process to take people through and to keep them on track and to keep them focused on what truly is important. And those are the three big, there's obviously exceptions to that. Uh, but I would say most people that are preparing for retirement, even in retirement, they fall under the one of those three C categories. Great to break those down, Scott. Appreciate you doing that. By the way, I just was doing some, uh, you know, napkin math um, here in the background. That was such a fascinating stat you gave at the very beginning there about the 1900 global expectancy at 31 years and then almost 80 years now. That's approximately four years of added life expectancy every decade. So hmm. I don't know if we would continue that trajectory um, into the future, uh, but there's no reason to think we wouldn't still have at least some sort of increase even going forward. So this is an issue that's not going away if we apply that same kind of uh, you know upward spin to this. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and I think it may not be in the next 10 or 20 years, but you're going to see a hockey stick increase at one point you know like you said it four you average four years over every decade sure i mean if you charted that out i'm sure they've got the data on that i mean once once cancer gets cured one of these days uh, that's going to cause a huge explosion in, in life expectancies i would imagine yeah so i so i think it who knows in our lifetime you may see it yeah you know? so, very interesting uh, but yeah so that it, that's i'm glad you brought that up yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I love looking at those numbers. I know you get a kick out of it, too. Uh, so there's a lot of people who get into this retirement age. You kind of paint the picture for us of all those different moving parts and different people that you work with and their motivations. It's interesting because some people obviously want to retire right away, but other people get to that retirement age and they don't want to retire. The question is, do you usually this is, find that this is because people enjoy their job or is it more of a defense mechanism because they feel they can't retire for some financial reason? I would say that predominantly if, if they get to that point where they don't want to retire, it's because they do enjoy their job. There's some significance that they're 
you're receiving from that. They find meaning in that job. They find value, you know, self-worth, self-esteem from that job. It may be a big part of their identity. Or they may just really, they feel like what they're doing adds value to the world and they, they get a kick out of it. They get a dopamine hit of, of doing those things. And so I think people that, hey, I, I just want to keep working, hopefully it is because of that. Now, the opposite of that, you know, there could be, you know, emotional and psychological factors that said, hey, I, I don't want to retire because, you know, like I texted before, maybe they're confused, maybe they're, they're concerned, you know, about the situation. So maybe they don't have a good plan. And I can tell you, most, most of the time people come in, especially the, the type of families that we tend to attract, they've usually saved enough money. They've got a nest egg that if they just, it was taken care of correctly, it's going to last their lifetime and have some money left over. The problem is nobody sat down and talked to them about that, taking through process to prove it <laughs> or to give them, you know, high probability of success. And so with, you know, making that transition that in retirement age, you think, you know, people today, if you're 65, 66, still feeling good, still enjoying things, peak earning years. And let's say you have, you know, four to six weeks of paid time off every year. Most people they say, hey, you know, I'm 65. I'm going to take a couple of really good trips per year. I'm going to do it using my PTO. I'm going to get a paycheck and we're healthy. Let's do this. You know, so that's the other, the positive side of not retiring because you start to be able to do the things you want to do. You just don't have complete control of your schedule, you know, 24, seven, 365. But if you start looking at, if you've got 2,500 hours, the average person works, you knock off four weeks of that for, you know, vacations, you know, it can be, uh, be a good, easy transition from working consistently to work optional. Yeah. Work optional. Uh, that's a, it's a great saying. I love that one, Scott. <laughs> work optional is a great place to be. And if you can call it that, right. Uh, for folks who are able to retire comfortably to just kind of go through these different scenarios a little bit more deeply, but maybe they fit into that category of folks that you mentioned where they're, they're sort of lacking this confidence in their ability to do it. What do you think is the root of that lack of confidence? What are you usually able to diagnose? I think it's not having set aside time to really think about what is it that we want to experience in retirement? What are we going to retire to? Because it's easy to make a list of what we're going to retire from. All the things we don't want. To, I don't want to get up at 530 in the morning. I don't want to have to be at work and sit in traffic. You know, I don't have to work till five. I don't want to sit in traffic on the way home. I don't want, you know, have to plan my day, you know, using Outlook and all these meetings. That's the all, all the stuff you're retiring from. But the two part is what are you going to fill that 2,500 hours per year with? And so a lot of the times it's we don't know what that's going to look like. And if we don't know what that looks like, we don't know what resources we're going to need uh, to be able to supply the cash flow that we need to do those things. And so if, if we're unknowing about what is it we want to do, we're not really sure what it takes to to expense-wise to live our current lifestyle, it's very hard to project out in the future what our what our lifestyle looks like. So I think really educating people and taking through a process to figure out what result are you looking for? What do you really want? All right. And then we need to dig a little deeper and talk about why does that matter? Why does what you want matter? 
to you because that's the why, that's the important part. And then once we've designed that and figured that out, then it's what's the action plan? How will I achieve it? And that's where we and our advisory team of professionals step in. We put the plan together to achieve your results, the goals that you want. We make sure we all understand why it's important to you and why you're motivated and dedicated to do it. We co-create the plan with our clients. It's our job to make sure that we stay on track within our guardrails and make adjustments when life throws us curveballs, when things happen, when we go through transitions. That is, in essence, we put the financial plan together, but it's the planning that's ever-changing, evergreen that we really want to focus on because we need to be here to be proactive to make sure that as these things come up, uh, for example, if somebody retires at 63, there's going to be some healthcare decisions. You know, what healthcare are you going to have until you're 65? Well, three months out in your 65th birthday, you need to start making some decisions about Medicare, what you're going to do with all those things. Uh, Social Security between 62 and 70. When does Social Security kick in? When is when are we going to optimize your benefits to make that part of your plan? Uh, so between 62 and 70, we need a proactive plan to figure out when that's going to happen. If you've got a pension option, how do we maximize that pension option? Is it just based on your lifetime, you and your spouse's lifetime? How do we want to structure that? And then depending on your age at 73 or 75, that's when we're going to, have to start taking required minimum distributions out from your tax deferred IRAs, 401ks, things like that. And then all along the way, we have to layer on tax planning. You know, how, what opportunities do we have on a consistent basis to make the most of your current tax brackets? And then overarching that, making sure that all your estate planning documents are correct, all the arrows are pointed in the right direction, all the correct people have been appointed um, to make sure that everything works as planned. So I think that's those are the strategies and tactics that we would use, uh, which is what result do you want, why is it important, and what's the action plan that we need to put together to make sure you hit those objectives. Beautiful. Anything change from that action plan to, let's say, maybe our final scenario here, that other side of the coin, people that you've worked with who are certainly ready to retire, they're in that category of wanting to do it as soon as possible, but maybe they're the ones that aren't in the financial position to do it. How do you then adjust the plan or the strategy for folks in that situation? That's a, that's a great question, Walter. I'll start with saying we are very fortunate in the type of practice that we've built, that we tend to attract people that have put money away, um, that have saved and good savers, you know, kept their debt, you know, un under control, we call them fiscally conservative. And so we don't necessarily have that um, situation. Um, but I can tell you, you know, if we do get introduced, sometimes we'll, we'll be asked to talk to a family member and say, Hey, can you help, you know, help our brother, you know, and his wife get on track. And Walter, it really comes down to it. It's looking at number one, what are your resources now as far as what have you saved? What is your cash flow look like? What are your expenses? So it's very similar to if somebody's ready to retire, we do all that work. We gather and we figure out where are we? 
And uh, I talked about this at my last class. And you'll remember this. You know, remember going to the mall as a kid, you know, the, those big giant things that we don't have very many. Sure, anymore. yeah. But, but you walk in, and if, let's say you're, you're going to the mall for the first time. It's a new city. The first thing you do is you find out, you go to that little kiosk thing, the map, right? And what do you need to do? You're searching around. You're trying to find out. You are here, looking for the you exactly. are here sign. Exactly. Yeah. You are here with folks that are unsure or maybe haven't um, had the ability uh, to really you know, hone in on their retirement. That's what we have to figure out. Where are you? What is realistic? And then what are the things that you can do, you can control to get better prepared for what your retirement's going to look like? Because retirement's different for everyone. Um, but that's the process we would take someone through to get give them the details, you know, give them the framework to use to understand this is what you make, this is what you spend, this is how much you have saved, and this is what likely you're going to have as far as your Social Security benefits, and this is realistic. You know, this is what you might be able to achieve uh, if you don't do anything, and here are possibilities if you do enact these things like maybe you save more maybe you work longer maybe you work part-time and so there's always ways to get through it Uh, but i think that's probably the toughest scenario and I, i think that's where we see the most amount of concern or fear with people uh when we meet with families that maybe aren't aren't necessarily financially prepared for it and what our goal is to give them and arm them with as much education as possible, point them in the right direction and give them as many resources as possible to make the best of their situation. Very good, Scott. And it is uh, really helpful to get this full perspective on the show today. So there you have it. If you are ready to retire or not, it's coming. And so we've got to be prepared for it. So make sure that if you aren't confident or if not sure if you've had enough saved for retirement, or if you think you've got enough saved for retirement, but you just don't have that full assurance, getting a full financial plan in place can make all the difference and help you understand when you can truly pick that retirement date or build the plan around a date that you definitely have in mind. Um, And Scott has helped so many people over the last couple of decades put together these kinds of plans. And so if you'd like to talk a little bit more about what that would look like, don't hesitate to get in touch. See if you'd be a good fit to work with one another. 913-393-4724 is that number to call to get in touch. 913-393-4724. Or go to listentoscott.com. That's listentoscott.com. Lots of good information there for you on the website and ways to get in touch as well. And we'll put the contact information in the description of today's show, too. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for all your help and guidance on the program. Really enjoyed the conversation today, and we'll dive into another good topic next time around. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks so much. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll see you next time on Your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.